I'm sure a lot of you guys remember the old ceremonial hunting tradition of eating the heart out of the first animal you kill. Meat from those organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. You can get those same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from Heart and Soil. Find out more at heartandsoil.co. And remember, use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase. This is the Meat Eater Podcast coming at you shirtless, severely bug-bitten, and in my case, underwearless. We hunt the Meat Eater Podcast. You can't predict anything. Presented by First Light, creating proven, versatile hunting apparel from merino base layers to technical outerwear for every hunt. First Light, go farther, stay longer. Tell me when the machine's on, Phil. Machine's on, Steve. Uh, you know, I just did a bunch of math in my head, but I screwed it up because I wasn't thinking about how Corinne and Phil aren't married. <laughs> that's, that's well, to each other? This room's full of married that's people. That's correct. We are not. This room's full of married people. There's 10 married people in this room. But I was counting couples, and I counted Phil and Corinne as a couple. And then realized that that 4.8 of us will end up divorced. <laughs> Who's it gonna be? Uh, not, not me. That was my friend Ronnie once wow, said. Wow, that's a nice way to you know, set the tone. My, my friend Ronnie once said, I don't want to lose half my shit. So You're making Danielle rub her belly. Oscar, <laughs> she's rubbing her belly. Hey, but you'll be glad to hear this. I just learned that you know how everybody says half of all marriages end in divorce? That's because like a repeat offenders. So yeah, the repeat offenders blow the statistic because every time you get every time you get married, you have a much higher likelihood of divorce. Like you, if you if you get married your first time and you get divorced, it's like you go into it being like, oh, now I'm going to settle in for real. No, the next time it's even better chances that you'll get divorced. I'm not going to mention any names, but I know the, a few that have skewed those numbers. But they think <laughs> that they're they think they're like getting to the real one now. But they're not. They're get they're they're stepping into hotter waters than they were in a minute ago, with their last marriage. So I was, uh, what's what's this, when you mean when you find out something good heartened, is that a word? Yeah, heartened. You're heartened by something. I was heartened to learn that only four point eight of us. Well, no, that's if you guys were married. Oh. I was heartened to learn that only four of us are going to wind up divorced. Huh? Who is it? But if someone said I'm going to come in here, <laughs> if someone said I'm going to come in this room and shoot for you, I'd be nervous as shit. Yeah, it's got to differ on like demographics, though. Oh, it's no, definitely yeah. Indiana and Louisiana lowest divorce rates. Oklahoma of all places, and Nevada obviously highest divorce rates. Obviously, and I would imagine that boomers are leading the charge on divorces. No, it's going down because younger people are getting married. Oh. And not getting divorced. We're we're oh. here uh, like Gen Z and millennials living in sin before we get married, and so we like <laughs> suss out whether or not it's going to work. Whereas your generation was doing less of living uh, in sin. We're not boomers, buddy. Yeah. What are you? Why? <laughs> Gen X. Oh, buddy. Xers. I'm sorry. Oh man, I lived in a lot of sin, man. 
Even Jesus. with my wife. <laughs> I know I'm older than you, Spencer, but come on, man. Well, how, how far from being a boomer are you? Quite a ways, I Oh, think. I'm sorry, then. That's not I nice. don't know. The what age. are you? <laughs> like Gen the X. greatest generation? Yes, Gen X. <laughs> <laughs> Gen X, man. The greatest generation. I'm pretty sure our parents No, are I mean, like, the, yeah, I mean, the yeah. greatest generation. That was like my old man. Guys greatest fought, movie, ge- uh, music Yeah, the guys that fought in Whiskey, Whiskey 2. Yeah. Yeah, boomer, way. boomers are about 70-ish, I think, now. <laughs> you might be sitting there asking yourself, why are all these married people talking? And why did this... Um, uh, why did my thing that tells me I got a new podcast, if I'm a subscriber to the Meat Eater podcast, why did it say like, hey, you got a podcast on a not normal day? Like right now, you on Mondays, you get um, the show. On Wednesdays, you get the trivia show. But now, I don't know what the hell day it is. Either way, uh, four out of... It's not Monday. It's not Wednesday. Of, four out of ten marriages end in divorce. Two out of seven days will not have this podcast delivered. <laughs> it's not Monday or Wednesday. Um, the reason that is is because we, we, have, we struck a special deal with T-Mobile. To explain is my lovely wife, who's never been on the show before. I feel like me not having a... My own microphone is going to get real awkward at some point when I'm pulling the <laughs> microphone away from you. Yeah, this this podcast brought to you by T-Mobile. So we're doing a special one just for them. So that's why it's here now. Uh, and then the thing is, we're going to talk. Lead, okay, oh, you know what else I found out? Doing my, um, my three seconds of research about divorce. Guess what the highest divorce months are? January. Um, February, yeah. yeah. January some and February. dismal month. Why January and February? After the holidays. Cooped up in the house together. Hunting seasons winding down. <laughs> You're the cooped up. Chickens come home to roost. Uh, so we're, we're gonna we're, we're we're doing a special episode where we have a bunch of people um, and we talk we're talking about how not to get divorced because of <laughs> how to live the uh, how to live an outdoor lifestyle and and avoid the um, a, a travel intensive outdoor lifestyle. Where one or both participants in a marriage engage in activity that like causes a lot of being gone, a lot of things that feel extremely important that probably aren't that important, and just like a lot of marital strife, relationship strife, marriage or not. Um, I can tell you, I can tell you totally straight face that it has a, that 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 shit, the hunting stuff has caused problems in my relationship um, since day one. Explain that. How has how hunting caused a problem in our relationship? Just being gone and, and having like this thing that seems super important. You know, it's just like it just causes complications. You don't agree that it does? I, th- <laughs> here, <here's laughs> this is going to lead into my, this is going to lead into the main thing here. My wife's, La- my wife's speechlessness when I said that the reason that we brought Spencer in Spencer's going to ask questions mm-hmm. because this way you can like right Steve's words were he wanted me to guide us through the talking points uh, because he has a lot to say <laughs> <laughs> which is good because it'll make up for Katie not and, having and I as want, much to say. And, and, and as much, so we have we have five couples to talk about. And when we talked about this, we talked about we brought up a term that no one likes, and that, I've, that I pointed out I've never used in my entire life. But there's this term that like it's that gets bandied about, um, hunting widow. Okay, 
And then Spencer was telling me that Shelby grew up, because you grew up in ag. Yeah. And you grew up with what kind of widow? A uh, harvest widow. Uh, <laughs> Which sounds like a machine. It does. <laughs> um, I would say I had never heard of a hunting widow prior to this either. Uh, but a harvest widow, for those of you that don't know, it's a partner of a farmer who essentially lives their life as a widow from September to November uh, because their partner's are gone 24-7. Growing up, I would go weeks with just seeing my dad in passing, um, even though he was only a mile or two away from me at, like, any given point. Uh, He just had no schedule whatsoever. Um, And I think that's been the biggest difference between a hunting widow and a harvest widow is at least I have some idea where and when Spencer is. And the other difference probably is that there's sort of this, like, you have to feed the whole nation and, like... <laughs> a lot of pressure. It, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's like this whole, like, who can argue with someone, like, harvesting crops? Yeah. And it's, it's so... Like, it's like the most sort of foundational uh, thing that can't be ignored. Right. And it's so dependent on so many factors, right? So my dad farms with his brothers, but then... Once they're done harvesting, he goes and he helps all the other family farmers and he's driving truck or he's uh, they're like bringing crockpots of chili over for their friends. And um, just because you're done on your land doesn't mean harvest. Is I'm done. glad you explained that. because I think a lot of people would be like, well, how big of a farm does he own? But <laughs> yeah, yeah it, like they basically there's like one combine that serves. Right. Could serve hundreds of farms. Absolutely. Right? My my dad, they own their combine, but everyone in like 20 miles uses their combine. So it's everyone's taking their turns. And then once that's done, it's calving. So they're very busy. Then you're a cow widow. Yes. <laughs> uh, Brody and um, Carrie. Did you take Brody's name? I did. Nice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Only partially, though. Just because yeah, she picks and chooses. Yeah, you, you found you found offense with the word. You, you, you take offense at the term "hunting widow." It just makes me cringe. I just <laughs> because it makes you seem helpless, or what? It, it does. It kind of comes with that. Uh, that it, it just has that feeling of something that maybe I don't have a say in. It's like a, a sort of like, oh, I'm a helpless sort of, you know, stuck at home with the kids. You know, everybody should sympathize for me, but I don't. I don't really think. That that's how I think of the whole thing. I mean, the whole hunting and outdoors thing is something we do as a family, and I don't know, we do okay. You know, when he's gone, it's not a, it's not a huge inconvenience. Nobody to me misses often. Brody's. What Nobody does. <laughs> <laughs> no, nope. I'm not saying that very well, but um, Giannis yeah. is here with his uh, wife Jennifer. Jennifer had you had a take on being a hunting widow. You thought it sell it sells guys short. Well, I mean, yeah, I guess you look at the flip side of that. And uh, when I leave for work, you know, I, I kind of expect him to hold the fort down. And he does. He does okay. There's no toilets getting clean. But uh, <laughs> that's, that's all right. You know, the kids are probably fed better than when I'm there. And uh, they're alive. So uh, we're do- doing pretty good, I think, on that front. And no and- one says you're a work widower. No. That's true. Yeah. 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 And I did it to him for quite a few years. Left yeah. in the summer before we had kids. And then uh, Kelsey, um, our favorite wildlife artist, is here sans Seth. Yeah, Danielle and I are currently being widowed. And Chester's <laughs> wife, Danielle, is here, very pregnant, and is currently widowed. Yes. 
And uh, how's your um, Kelsey's an artist. Danielle is a photographer. Wedding photographer. Is that winding down or kicking ass right now? Oh, it's kicking ass. Really? She's but I see a lot of marriages, and I see a lot of you know. That's my job is to see oh, witness yeah. that witness. divorce rate's good for your business. Do huh? you um? Do you go to some? <laughs> do you go to photograph some weddings and think there's no way these people should be getting married? Um, I think I think honestly, I've noticed in a couple weddings that. Yeah, not just like oh they shouldn't be married, but like you can kind of con- you can kind of tell the connection, and like especially when I'm photographing them one on one, it's just super. You can kind of tell the couple that just are sim sim. I'm really bad with words, but they, they have a just, symbiotic relationship. Yeah, thank you. Like That's a, like a morel yes. and a cottonwood, and like it makes it's just like I'm just there and I get to really document them just being themselves. Versus there's other people that still have chemistry but just need more guidance with like intimacy and like how to be intimate in a photo without being intimate you know in a way so i don't know what that means i don't either i have also photographed some weddings and i think one of the biggest indicators that i've noticed granted i have not seen any of these people actually get a divorce but is how much they fake it for the photos yes like you will see so many that's what i was trying to get at you can kind of tell like the true genuine like, wow, these guys are meant for each other. And then also you can tell, like, ooh, maybe a year, maybe two years. You know, <laughs> right. I, you can I, mean, s- I haven't really experienced a lot of it because a lot of my couples have just been awesome and, like, very much there and present, which is amazing. But um, I have a question based on Steve's statistic. Have you ever photographed a couple and then later gr- photographed one of the couple with a different spouse? No, but I, I have photographed a wedding and then they um, broke up that night. So Whoa. the night it's of happened. the wedding, yeah, hmm. it's happened. I mean, like it happens. Like it was I the first time. That reminds me of a great. That reminds me of a great joke. Oh, man, I want to tell you about it so bad. I'll tell you the punchline. He's so drunk, he thinks he's me. It's not. <laughs> it's not funny when you when you tell about jokes and you don't tell the joke. <laughs> Well, think about That's it. That's his new thing, Katie. <laughs> it's at a wedding. That's not new. <laughs> hey, you know what? I give those people props for that evening to to know that, you know what? Let's not drag this out for a year or two. Like, yeah, I give them props for uh, being able to They went out having a party. It's kind of yeah, nice. Yeah. Did everybody know that night that they were splitting up? No. It was very, like... What? Okay. But like, I think that there was a lot of things that were happening behind. Yeah, you, you know? had a hunting trip you had to go on. Hunting trip. <laughs> so you don't think it was because of the photography session that you had? I, I, I don't think it was my job. No, no. <laughs> no, but Seth I mean, Kelsey... I kind of called it. To be, I just had a feeling cause that there was something going on and it wasn't, you know, wasn't anything I could do to help it. Because a lot of times I'll, brides get nervous, which is normal, and I can kind of flip them. I can kind of make them feel at ease and confident that they don't have to worry about a lot on their day because a lot of people are more nervous about the wedding than the marriage. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, my God, I have to host this party versus, like, being more nervous, like, wow, like, this is my person forever. And, like, it's true even before Chester and I decided to get married um, we talked about our different lifestyles. Work. I don't hunt, but he does. And when we first started dating, he said, "Like, just so you know, this is my main thing. It was fishing and hunting because he used to be a fishing guide. So he was gone all summer. And he's like, if you can't handle this, then I can't change. And so we went through a lot of test trial runs. We broke up a couple times. And when we got married, I, I accepted him for who he was. And I loved him for, you know, what he does. I can't tell him what not to do. And because then he won't be the same person, you know? But then I have my things that I love to do that he doesn't like. So we kind of like balance each other out in a way. So I don't, 
I hope that was the answer to your question. You're not going to like what I'm going to say next because it would be oh, very shoot. bad for your business. My advice to people getting married is don't have a um, don't have a wedding. Yeah, weddings can be very stressful. Yeah. I mean, I love elopements too. Like I photographed a handful of elopements, and I love the intimacy of like they still want to like have a really good. They're, they're there for each other, you know, not just for the party. Um, but I mean, I do see I see both sides on that too. You know, obviously for my job, it's I love what I do, so I love being able to be a part of a wedding that's excited to have it be a wedding and not just be a party. You know, like there's some, yeah. Just getting back to the term hunting widow for a second, one of the main reasons that I have an issue with the term or harvest widow, and this some people might argue is overly sensitive, it's like when your spouse goes away for a week and someone goes, oh, I'm a single parent this week. Right. It, you're not a single parent. Your spouse is gone. Um, it's really different than being a single parent. Being a widow for a short period of time is nothing like being an actual widow. So I find it, I don't know, mildly offensive, even though I'm not a single parent or a widow myself. I, I do think there's something odd about the term. It, probably because you were raised by a single parent. Maybe. <laughs> no, you saw firsthand like what that shit's all about, right? It's like hard. Yeah, for sure. And it's not that it's not hard to take care of your whole family while your spouse is gone and while that support that you normally count on isn't there. But it's not the same as day in, day out year after year after year. That's like a completely different psychic load. Yeah. Now, I agree. People ask that all the time. Like, how do you do it? You know, but I always have in the back of my head, I know eventually he's coming back because, like I said, we didn't do this. We were away a lot from each other before we had kids. And now it's kind of on me where I used to leave him for the whole summer. And now um, he's gone in the fall, you know, and then throughout the year periodically. And, um, you know, I always know. He's coming back at some point, and I'll get a little bit of that load off. So it's doable. You know, it's a little more doable because of that. I'm going to be a long hunter one day is what I'm aiming for. So I'm just sort of what prep, does that mean? Prep, prepping a Long hunter. Steve, tell Damn. Jennifer what a long hunter is. Uh, the most famous long hunter that uh, most people will know about would be Daniel Boone. And they would go on hunts that were a year or two. If you can just wait for <laughs> now, whalers twelve years that would be great. Now whalers had it even worse. You want <laughs> a whaling trip would be two years. Right, right. Yeah, no communication. Yeah, yeah. Probably dead. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I'll point out that Boone. When you look at when Boone was home and when he was gone, and you look at when his children were born, <laughs> one ain't his. It's rumored that it was his brother. Never came up though. No. Okay, well, we don't have to worry about that. No. Uh, <laughs> oh, who don't have to worry about that? We don't. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about all the rest of you guys. <laughs> all right, Spencer, you, re- you ready to do it? Yeah, for the the rest of the show, we've got some prompts to go over. Um, I hope that this is entertaining. Maybe it's therapeutic. Maybe we could use that because when Corinne started trying to organize this podcast, she asked all of us uh, men in the room, said, can I get your wives' phone numbers? And three of us responded, giving Corinne our own phone numbers, which is, like, <laughs> terrible. That's, that's not true. You you <laughs> misread my okay. phone number. I'm, okay, Yanni, yep, I totally misread because I already had Jennifer's in my contact list, and I saw Putellis, and I didn't—I was, like, dyslexic, I guess, and I saw 
I didn't notice that it said Jennifer as opposed to Giannis. So that was my problem. So then, but two out of you put your own phone number and said, Who your are those two? Me. Yeah, I'm curious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Spencer. Spencer, call yourself out, buddy. <laughs> like, like Spencer, you wanted, to like vet, you wanted to vet it. No, I just wasn't thinking. I, I, gave, I said, here right. is Shelby's phone number, and I wrote down my phone number. Right. Like, like, anytime was, someone wants to get a hold of my wife, I always have him call me first. Right, yes. I was curious <laughs> if, go like, through me. if You got to go through me right, first. If he, like, made himself Shelby's secretary or uh, what. Yeah. But it was, it was Spencer and Brody, guys. Oh, good job, Brody. So, really? yeah. yeah. All that to say is we could probably use the help in, in communication. So the first thing is, on average, how much communication is there while you're on a hunt? And how does it differ, like when you're in the backcountry versus car camping versus staying in a hotel? Giannis is someone who's probably going to do all three versions of those this fall. What is like a normal amount of communication? And I'll tell you, Jennifer is shaking her head. Behind <laughs> you. I, don't even... I don't think she's going to agree with your answer. Oh, she will. Oh, no, I will. I yes, we, we I don't have a plan. Fit. There's well, no, no plan. Well, no, there's the reality. Yeah. There's, like, what it is, and then there's what, what it you ought believe. to be. And, yeah. and what you believe it is might be different than what it is. When it's been about four or five days, and I go, you know, we haven't talked to Giannis in a long time. <laughs> and uh, and yep. then I'm like, okay, maybe he's going to call. And then typically he does, you know, by four or five days. I have more... Uh, reason to call now because my kids can actually like communicate on the phone when they were real young and you're just kind of listening to you know and you're like okay and, and you're on I a satellite you, phone i love you guys too you know but now it's cool because they're like what are you doing you know what happened or whatever you can ask them about school but um he didn't care to talk to me and see how i was doing <laughs> exactly yeah <laughs> yeah i've gotten a few of those texts over the years that have been like uh you want to know how I'm doing too? <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay. But uh, I don't. I don't know. I, I'd say probably any one of those. It's just going to be a, a couple, th- three days. Um, I use like when I'm if I have a satellite or in reach is my only form of communication. I use it for pretty much emergency port purposes or to let someone know like a change in plans or that the plan is going to continue on as it is. Not so much. It's kind of been, I noticed this last time I was in Alaska just a couple weeks ago, it was a tiny bit annoying. Again, I'm not going to name any names, but every, it used to be where like we had an inReach amongst the crew. Now everybody's got their own little mini inReach and you're sitting around in like beautiful Alaska trying to enjoy it and you look around and everybody you're with is on their phones texting and you're kind of like, really? And because they, everybody's got the unlimited in-reach plan and, you know, whether it might just be, I love you too, or There's it might... an unlimited in-reach plan. <laughs> I'm unaware of this. <laughs> this is going to be so revealing. But, it, but, you know, somebody might be like trying to buy a house, right? And so they're like going through inspections or, or you know, working on documents. Um, but yeah, it's, I don't know. I like those things. Yeah, Steve has pointed it's out nice before that like... You could curse the technology and that it's like with you in the woods, or you could appreciate that it allows you to be out for six days instead of three uh, because you're just like more connected to everybody. That's the thing is, uh, I remember this doesn't have to do with trying to stay married, but (laughs) has Buck Bowden, um, a a friend of ours who's a hunting guy in Alaska. He, like many people who've been in Alaska a long time, all have a very crystal clear idea of what ruined Alaska. If you go back far enough, it was aircraft. Snowmobiles ruined Alaska. Uh, Now, 
air, everybody's committed that it is airboats. Airboats have ruined Alaska. And ATVs. You're going to hear about this next week where you're going. ATVs have ruined Alaska. Um, Buck Bowden told me that in-reach devices are the things that have ruined Alaska. I thought it was a sat phone. Yeah, well, sorry. Because it used to be that you went and it was a 10-day trip. And you got dropped off or rode in on horseback and he had his clients and they were gone. And if they killed something on the first day or the second day or the third day, they were on a 10-day trip and people could get lost in the experience. Now, some guy gets his sheep on the third day. He wants his ass out of there right now. Before the guts are out of it, they're making the phone call. They're already fretting about getting an airplane in there to get them. Mm -hmm. So he said that, but I, I I only meant to counter the point that it could be. Let's look at it this way. It could be that there were things you've always wanted to do, but there was just like no way you were going to go do it because you couldn't, you had young kids, whatever, like you couldn't be out of the game for that amount of time and feel comfortable about it. But at least knowing that like everyone's alive, everyone's healthy. If something catastrophic happened, right, you'd know. That alleviates a ton of, like it alleviates anxiety and, and lets you kind of relax in a situation that might otherwise be like really uncomfortable. Yeah, just having the ability to know you can, you know, get in touch if you have to is they're worth their weight in gold. Those in-reach devices. And I'll say I'll say the one the one time I don't turn mine on is if like we were camping this weekend. Me, Katie, the kids. I don't. I mean, right. I had to turn on because I had to text my buddy Dave something. No but, reason to. Yeah, but like there's nothing that would happen that I would care about. Yeah. I mean, I try to be courteous and send a quick one before I go to sleep if I'm out there, you know, like every, all good. Every five days or so. Yeah. yeah. Chester doesn't Chester doesn't have one, actually. So when he's gone, he's gone. He usually will text me from his phone occasionally like, hey, how's it going? So what's yeah. a normal amount of communication then, Danielle, with Chester? Like sometimes about three days. Like yeah. every other, you know, every three days, which but I also know that on these trips, they're busy. And I think also they just did a, a show at our house recently and I got to like watch how they work and you are busy. Like it, there's just so much that I don't like I'm not at home just like, oh, why doesn't he call me? Why doesn't he text me? Hello. But um, being pregnant, I think has changed a little bit. Like I'm more like, oh, God, you know, check in a couple days. <laughs> I think the Steve and I over the years, we've been together 16 years. Um, how I know amazing forever it was part of that living in sin. Part of that two years mm. was living yep. in sin, man. Good. Good for you. Yeah, we got what well, we got engaged at six months or something like that. Yeah, like, like, way we didn't even know each other, it was ridiculous. Um, <laughs> but he was traveling all the time, rolling the dice. Yeah, we'd, we'd no point was, being, we stayed engaged for forever. Yeah, we were engaged for we got married on the two year anniversary of our first date, which is Aww. very cute. That is cute. I know. So cute. We didn't plan it like that. It just worked out that way. But um, so we've you know I've gone through periods of being pissed off that you haven't been in touch, and then periods of like, you know, it's fine if you're in touch every five days or whatever. I think even more so than how frequently like the expectation is um, of being in touch. It's more. The thing that gets me is that Steve wants me to answer if he calls. He's like, if I call, I'm not going to have much service. Like, make sure to pick up the phone. It's like, well, how do you know what I'm going to be doing? Like, I could be needy in a work call or with the kids or whatever. Probably at the spa. Just, the, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but that's part of it that I think if there's anything that causes tension, 
It's the expectation that I will be available when he needs me to be, but not that there that he needs to be available or should be in touch on any kind of regular cadence. Kelsey, how about you? What's like a normal amount of communication with Seth? Um, Seth and I actually have like a complete system that works for us. Oh. And we like took a lot of time to come up with this and it's, you know, kind of maneuvered over the years but we do have a system and that alleviates like all of the stress over um hey you didn't talk to me enough like we know what to expect we set out our expectations well, very early system. on yeah. so um like this could be a little meat eater handbook we're yeah about. yeah <laughs> yeah he like i am to hear that he is safe at the end of the day through his satellite device and i am to um, update him periodically throughout the day on if I'm like going to do something. And the reason why we have the system, I think actually like our situation is kind of flipped. The anxiety of like safety and the other's well-being is actually more on his end for me, I think, because I do a lot. Like I do everything alone. I'm operating a public business alone. Um, I go do outdoor stuff alone without, like, a satellite device. So he's not checking that throughout the day, but when he turns on the satellite phone at the end of the day, if he sees that I went trail running and it's at night and I haven't told him that I'm back, he'll know to, like, up to reach out to a friend and have them check on me. Like, that's our system so that we know each other's safe. There's no... We do not at all talk about our days. Like when he's on a trip, there's just we don't expect each other to have the time to do that. But that's our system so that um, we know to like if something happened on a mediator trip, I would know whether it was him telling me or not. But if something happened to me at home, nobody would know unless he caught it right away because of our system. So uh, this is going to sound like a little bit fatalistic. Sure. <laughs> but no, no, I'm saying like, like when it comes to communication, if you're gone, you're never going to, I don't think you're never going to scratch like the, the itch all the way. Mm-hmm. There's never going to be a way, whether it's through an in-reach satellite phone, let's say you're in somewhere where you have like regular cell service and like everybody's tired, you know, people are like trying to deal with kids, you whatever. You're never going to get all of the communication out of the way. So it's kind of like, I just want to like, I just want to know, is everybody mostly okay? Like nothing catastrophic has happened Yeah, because any amount of small talking, it's like, it doesn't amount to, it it doesn't alleviate anything. Like you you could small talk for five minutes and when you hang up, it feels as shitty and incomplete as if you didn't small talk at all. Our expectation is no small talk. We don't, we don't imply that to each other that that is a thing at all. We'll do that. We'll catch up on what happened when he's back. Like, we actually don't, neither of us take the time or want to take the time to do that while he's gone. That's yeah. our system. I disagree. <laughs> if Spencer is not, I'm obviously the outlier here, but if Spencer is not texting me at least once a day, I am super concerned, probably a little bit mad. Uh, like, if you're not dead, why the hell haven't you texted me? <laughs> like, you better let me know where you're at. I'll, I'll confirm that. Yeah, that's, that's true. But I think it's also with like um, communications become very different between different generations too. And here's an example of what I've noticed is that 
if I'm with someone who has kids, they are FaceTiming like every night. Like that's what happens in place of a phone call. Shelby and I never use FaceTime. It's it's like FaceTime is exclusively for hunters that have children at home. And I just like don't notice that being used otherwise. But we use Snapchat a lot. Like What's you Snapchat? do? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe what that's you, very. Is that like a like that what came you out doing? when I was in what high school? Do? Well, no, no, I know what Snapchat is. <laughs> I'm old, but I'm not that old. But what do you do like on Snapchat? Oh, it's no like actual communication. It's just like he found a piece of petrified wood or saw a porcupine, and uh-huh. I. Uh-huh. I'll send him a picture <laughs> of the cats sleeping on the couch. Or... Sleeping on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, very exciting. But I think it's just like, uh, I know he's alive. I can see that he opened the Snapchat. I know where he's at within reason. Um, it's not like full-on check-ins, but it we get an idea. That is if you have service, if you're somewhere with yeah. internet. Yeah. I would imagine this room has a lot of FaceTiming being done. None. None. No? Zero. Really? FaceTime. That technology is like, we, us boomers no. can't figure it out. <laughs> I guess Giannis is a little younger, right? <laughs> so Giannis, are you FaceTiming your children? Yeah, a little bit. When he's got to say, obviously, yeah, it's not every night, but when they're staying at hotels, yeah, maybe one of the nights or something like that. Kids on FaceTime are so annoying. Yeah, they, yeah. they like yeah. wander I mean, around and then they'll like start doing something. It's and <laughs> intolerable to FaceTime with my children. They're just, yeah. I, Our kids are talkers now, though. They they want to talk and they'll tell him exactly what they did today and exactly what they, you know, I would what rec- happens. That's they'll cool. do that on I the like phone, that. but they like get a, you know, if they see themselves on a screen, they oh, need to yeah. add those dumb stickers oh. or whatever. <laughs> yeah. 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 Right. Yep. Dumb show everything around them, like take a tour of the house. Yeah. Are there any rituals you couples have while your partner is gone? For example, I know that if I'm gone hunting for a few days, I'm going to get a ring doorbell notification that DoorDash is dropping off food for Shelby. <laughs> Spencer is my cook in my defense. So when he's gone, DoorDash is my cook. <laughs> I fully support that. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Also, when I'm gone, Spencer, I get home and he's like a shriveled up little raisin that smells like chlorine because he's like lived in the hot tub for four days. Oh, <laughs> so funny. That's good. I'll also confirm that. That's, shriveled that's up true. Raisin. That's um, amazing. These guys, uh, you know, I'll speak for Katie and say that they like to go get farm raised. They like to eat farm raised meats while I'm gone. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Oh. They like to get chicken. The first thing we do is we get a rotisserie chicken. Really? We get some lunch meat. Was it ever a secret? Uh, yes, but well, not a just more like eat it before Dad gets home, and then we don't need to talk about it. We have a friend actually here, a neighbor that keeps ham at her house for our daughter because she'll just go over and ask for a piece of ham. That's great. Because she knows she can't get it at our own house, which is sad. Get the girl some ham. <laughs> I think your, your, your brother Danny said it. Oh. We're along the, uh, He'll allow parap- bacon. He, he paraphrased it, but I think it was something along the lines of like, yeah, one thing that nature cannot produce is like a nice oven roasted chicken. Yeah, yeah bacon and a, and a rotisserie chicken are like two meats he'll allow to be brought in on occasion. My, if it, it doesn't happen to me as much as it happens to Katie, but my, like, if she's gone, I has, I don't even want to say this to her in the room. 
Okay. Here's We're the all deal. learning this together. Is that yeah. okay? If she's gone, my goal is to make it seem like shit is tight. Oh. To make it be like, can't be that hard. And so <laughs> I bust my ass and I clean that house. People are in bed super early. <laughs> like shit is tight. It seems as though this so, isn't a you secret. Think this, this is you think you've been sneaky about this? <laughs> like it is like very the, obvious when they try to make it look like pristine like, right yeah. before you get back. The house yeah. is spotless. And truly, you come in, he's kind of like, oh, no, no big deal. Yeah. I do this all the time. Yeah. No, man, I scream at the kids. I'm like, you got to get this place cleaned up. Everybody get in bed. Your mom's coming home. This is going to look like our program is tight. <laughs> you you got to talk about the flip side of that that you mentioned to me before the podcast, though. There's no flip side of that. When you get home, <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, 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 no, I'm going to say this, and I'm, then I'm going to be done talking about the subject. <laughs> A huge problem in my marriage is when I get home, I kind of want to piss on the old post a little bit. And I'm like, who took the tools out and left them in the yard? No one ate the green beans. Why is this like... Someone didn't water the thing. Uh, the bird feeder's empty. What do you people do? Oh, yeah. not. I mean, that's just like the beginning of it. <laughs> You're like, oh, and it seems like no one's helping do X, Y, and Z. And, what, you know, it. there is not a... That's the other thing. I don't care about the traveling, but it would... Uh, extra appreciation when you get home for all the things that have happened in your absence. Yeah, he's kind of yeah. canceling out Second all of the goodwill that. he builds by yeah. making oh. the house spotless. When <laughs> I gotta be oh, exactly. I gotta be careful about going in that direction too. I, I um, love but, this. But then she'll be like, "You've been on vacation for a week," and I'll be like, "Oh no, I haven't." <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad Seth isn't here. This is like so quickly turning into a couples counseling session. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Are there any rituals the rest of you have that that happen while your spouse is gone? One I just learned about when we were talking about recording this was that Shelby will bank up shows that she wants to watch yeah, that I won't yeah. participate second in. Yeah, second that. And then those get watched in October through December. And so I learned that one like just yesterday. Yeah, but then the worst thing is, is sometimes I think you'll like them and he won't watch them with me because I've already seen it like – Fleabag, for example, I banked that one up, and then I was like, "You have Such to watch a good it, show. right? It's so good. You're you're gonna love it." And then he just like sat there and played on his phone the whole time, and then I'm, I was mad. <laughs> Mine's more like a, a work related. I know it's not maybe a good routine, but when Chester leaves, I feel like I could really sit down because I have to. When I shoot weddings, like I have so much editing, like it's a lot of my time. But when he's home, I like to like we'll go out to dinner. That's me not working, or we'll, um, you know have a slower morning together so it's not me mean it's me not working so when he's gone i'm like oh i get it i get to edit and just watch my chick flicks in bed my air conditioner and drink <laughs> drink well now it's now i gotta drink sparkling water not my beer <laughs> but you know i'll say it's funny because i look at it more of a work standpoint like oh i can get so much done when he's gone yeah, that's first a good thing, thing I do not, is but... clean and organize the house clean. the way yes. I want it to be. Yep. And then yep. he comes home and it lasts a second. Dumps all my shit all. Dumps over all his shit on the ground. Or how about like when they don't <laughs> unpack their bags from like Alaska? Like Chester's bag from a while yes. ago was still yep. downstairs. I'm like, well, you're going to Alaska again, and you unpack that one. 
Uh, throw them under the bus. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I can't believe Seth and Chester aren't here. We could really do just we could, like we just <laughs> let turn them have this, it. Yeah, yeah, we could really yeah. have them at. Yep. Because where are they now? They're basically they're in almost in the yeah. back country. So. We're we're widowed. Yeah, they'll they have two weeks to not know what we have to say. Yep, that's right. <laughs> they have two weeks. Are there he any... said, just don't throw me under the bus too bad at this. When I told him I was doing this, he's like, just be careful. <laughs> Are there any rituals you guys would like to develop that you think would, would make these trips easier? One that I learned about myself was that I like to come home to like a very tidy house. And so now, whether it's me leaving on a trip by myself, I will clean up my areas. Like the dishes are clean. The garbage is out. My office is clean. Um, and we go on a trip together. I'm like making you clean with me for the last hour uh, that we're at home. And that's something... I would love for us just to, like, become a standard thing we do when we're leaving home. It's funny you say that because Chester and I literally just had a, con- a grown-up conversation about that this weekend. Because Kelsey and Seth went fishing. And where where was it? Beautiful. Uh, I'd have to kill you if I told you. Oh, that. yeah, that's right. Okay, they went somewhere beautiful. And Chester really wanted to go. And I was, like, totally okay with it. But I, at the same time, I'm like... There's just so much stuff around the house. I wish you could help me because you're going to be gone for two weeks. So we compromised and he he didn't go fishing. (laughs) Um, But he actually did his part and really helped out around the house. And I feel way better about him leaving now. I feel like, hey, at least he helped out. He stayed this week. Now I feel like I have a fresh start. And bye, Felicia. (laughs) I think Spencer's going to leave this podcast thinking that – he has it the worst. I'm worried. Um, I am such a pig when Spencer is gone. I make what he calls nests. And it's just like empty coffee cups and blankets. And I bring all the pillows into one room. And then I'm quickly scrambling to clean it before he comes before home. Because he yeah, he's That's a bitch funny. for chores. I don't know why he loves chores so much. Can you teach Chester some stuff? Yes. I, it's it's reminiscent of like uh, when I was a junior in high school and my parents were gone for the weekend and there's like a party that just happened to happen at home. And I'm like, I know their ETA down to the minute. Then that's how Shelby operates when I'm not around because she's like scrambling to clean up that day. Pay attention here because this is a hell of a good service. It's called the Wellness Company. Picture this, okay? You wake up, you got a scratchy throat, you're all congested, you got a runny nose, you got a cough, whatever. And you weigh your options like you tough it out, get sick, take time off work, try to get a doctor's appointment sometime in the next few months, wait two hours at urgent care and sit in a room full of six sick folks, or you open your medical emergency kit. You match your symptoms to the doctor-recommended prescription and you start on the right meds right away. These medical emergency kits, is not a first aid kit, all right? It comes with doctor-prescribed meds to treat over 39 medical issues. So, on hand, strong antibiotics for infections of all types. Plus, a doctor's easy guide so you know exactly what to take and when. No waiting to see the doctor, no waiting at the pharmacy. It's all in there. Every home should have at least one medical emergency kit. Order yours online in minutes. Your kit will be rushed to your door. Get 15% off at twc.health slash meat eater, but you got to use the promo code meat eater. That's promo code meat eater, okay, at twc.health slash meat eater. Danielle, uh, how are things different this fall 
with you being very pregnant and Chester still needing to travel for work. I imagine there are a lot more considerations when Chester is like planning a 10 day trip to Alaska. And meanwhile, you're in your third trimester. Yeah. Um, I will say it's different, but it's not because last year was a really busy year also for the crew. I mean, they were gone a lot. So I was already like, okay, this is what I had to kind of acclimate to and like reference to because I was new to him being gone so much. Um, but I kind of, I kind of like, we both just had like an, a grown up agreement about like, you know, put your head down and work and do your job and like be supportive of each other. There's times definitely where I'm upset and like being pregnant, I'm like, Ooh, maybe not travel in the third trimester just in case you can't get around. But, um, I guess it's not a lot is different because I'm, I'm just as busy as he is. We both work really like a lot weird hours. So, um, I don't know if that helps or not, but I don't feel like it, a lot has changed. I'm maybe just being more nervous. So like now that I'm housing a human, it'd be nice to have him like want to check in more on him, you know, and me. And is there any advice our parents in the room would have for the expecting parents when it comes to navigating this part of raising children? Like Steve Giannis Brody, do you have anything for Chester and, and Katie, Jennifer Carey? Do you have something for Danielle? Yes. Before... Before, that's very important, but I think there's still a disagreement that Steve and I have about something that I feel he did was egregious when I was pregnant with our first kid. Um, it involves Ronnie Bame <laughs> going on a hunt. He ended up coming home early because I called him and basically said, "I'm get, like, we're getting a divorce if you don't come home. I was so sick. And we know Ronnie has impeccable advice because he said he doesn't want to get divorced because he don't wanna, <laughs> doesn't want to lose half of his shit. So Steve ended up coming home because, I mean, I was really I was really sick. He, Steve had been working. Um, then this was a fun hunt that you went on and you came home, but you still feel that it was unnecessary. Like I was being unreasonable that I asked you to come home. Just curious. For a couple of reasons. I guess I feel that way for a couple of reasons. There was nothing I was going to do that was going to make you feel better. The other thing is... That is so messed up. We were... (laughs) Like, we were just kind of dicking around, but, like, we'd gone up through Maine and and to hunt grouse in New Brunswick. Like, it's not... You don't just, like, decide to all of a sudden come home from there. I didn't all of a sudden just decide to get pregnant either. Like, (laughs) we were... And it was... I was sick when you left. Yeah. And I just got madder the longer you were gone and the longer you were driving. But I'm just curious. You felt Danielle. more alone. No, I, I think that really? was bad. I do think now, looking back on it, that was mm-hmm. bad. I think that, I mean, from my, if I were you, I'd be pissed. <laughs> but only because, like, also when you're pregnant, you're, it's not, the guys don't get to experience it really, honestly. I feel bad that they don't get to experience what we experience until the baby's there because that's when I feel like maybe the men um, connect more to it. But like growing a human, I mean, I've knock on wood, I've had a really great pregnancy. But if you have a tough pregnancy and you're alone and they're gone, you feel even more alone and your hormones are all over. Like it's just one of those things. It's hard to, for even guys to understand really what you're going through. So I think if Chester were to like dip out for fun, I'd be like, oh, you're not coming home. And as it's in a body bag. You know, uh, you know, <laughs> when you're, I don't know this personally, but when you're pregnant, you get a period where everything's smells real like like bad like garbage smells horrible like way worse and all that yep so she was pretty pregnant one time (laughs) and me and my buddy (laughs) check this out though me and my buddy were gonna do this thing where we wanted to we dug this is we're we're in brooklyn and we dug a big hole we had a backyard and we dug a big hole in the backyard and 
we're going to bury a pig in this hole in the backyard. And we started getting this fire going good. And it looked, it looked like a scene from like Baghdad, <laughs> the black smoke coming out of this thing. And pretty soon, sure enough, woo, woo, woo. I mean, three ladder trucks, firemen coming through our apartment. They're like, that's a great idea, but you got to put that shit out, you know? <laughs> so then we had this pig and we, so we'd been making this fire all day and digging this hole. And then we took this pig to my buddy's restaurant and cut it up and cooked the pig in pieces in his ovens. Brought him back home and I climbed in bed. She's like, are you honestly not going to take a shower? <laughs> that is so sweet. You would stink. And then what? Yeah. And he didn't. Oh. You he was going to leave that part days. out. Yeah. Oh, man. I still have yet to hear any parenting advice for <laughs> Chester well, and Jamie. We haven't had a chance to get there yet. Like, well, I can't, like... You know, as far as the pregnancy thing, I'm not going to weigh in, but like we had our first kid end of September, so it was hunting season. Yep. Second and kid. The, yeah. Conley, after he was born, I think he went turkey hunting the day after I got out of the hospital. Yeah, because like the first couple months, there's nothing for me <laughs> to do anyway. You yeah. could have done to make her feel any better. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we had yeah. a three and a half year old and a three day old. No, I'm talking There's really oh. nothing you could have done. There's just not much the guy can do when they're just little, little. So you know. Yeah, you know my uh, my lovely wife did observe after a couple months after we had our first kid. After a couple months, she was like, "There That's really true. isn't anything." Yeah, like in the middle of the night, there's just you know you kind of get up because you feel guilty and you sort of stand there watching, you know, them feed or whatever. Yeah. And she's like, there's, you know, just don't, don't pretend to, like, don't pretend to be like helpful and then have it be that you're all tired tomorrow. Right. Right. I mean, just like sleep tomorrow in the daytime, you can do the helpful stuff. It doesn't, like, eventually like you got to step in too. Right. But there's a period of time where there's, you know, Brody, I am, you are so wrong about That's that. It. You said it. I, you know, those first few couple months, there's less they can do. They when you, can if you only you. add one, yeah, yeah, yeah they it takes can a lot. You and take care of you, especially after the nine months you already house the human. Yeah, you get sleep deprived. Well, I don't know yet, but I'll let you. I know. just didn't <laughs> catch a lot of flack for going hunting. I mean, good for you on that. Like that's a win. <laughs> <laughs> but so yes, your advice to Chester is just like he doesn't need to be around the first couple no, months. Yeah. not at all. There's Perfect. not a lot they can do for the baby, <laughs> obviously, but you can, yeah. Clearly clean and, and do other things that you're not doing because you're taking your time, taking mm -hmm. care of a baby. If so, like if it's an either or, and I don't think mm -hmm. it is, we're talking about something that plays out over the course of many years. It's not like it does. It's not like he's like, oh, I'm going to go turkey hunting now because then in six years I'll be more present. But since it's not an either or, but I would say that um, like our kids now are entering an age where I feel like yeah, that shit becomes really important. Mm -hmm. right like having exposure to these different figures in the household and like putting all that together yeah but, but it's hard to like present it as a borrow like a, like a give and take arrangement between the present and the future right you know yeah. if you hunt a lot now it's not like you're going to not want to go hunting later you're going right. to want to go hunting even worse later exactly but eventually you'll take them both with with you we're only like four years from that right and then i get a whole weekend alone <laughs> Maybe that's what I'm banking. That honestly is the only time. That's like the only time in my life that I feel absolutely like perfection would be that 
to be gone out messing around outside with all my kids. Cause then I like, mm-hmm. I'm doing what I want to do and I don't have any guilt about not being, being a good dad. Also, right. you're showing your kids, like, I think that's so important. A lot of kids now are like always just, I mean, on their phones or on their cell phones or on Twitter, Instagram, you bring your kids out. I even told Chester, I'm like, we need to be like that. Like that's like, being a kid, be out in nature and, you know, get off the off the grid just to be a kid and not worry about social media and like what other kids are doing, especially as they get older, you know, especially in school, like little girls, especially seeing other girls, although they're doing that. So I got to do that. So if they're out in the woods, just not even, not even acclimated to that. Like that's, I think that's amazing. Yanni, Jennifer, parents of two, do you have any advice for Danielle and Chester? You want to go first? Um, I guess probably one of the hardest things, I think, for the longer trips was um, because I stopped doing field work once we had kids um, because I used to do a lot of field work and uh, was gone for full summers at a time. And then, uh, you know, once that flipped, yeah, I was definitely unhappy (laughs) for the first couple of summers realizing that 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 relationship had changed um, and that, you know, he was the only one getting to do the field work and and a lot more of it. Um, But I think the hardest thing is definitely the back end, the front end and the back end of the trips, like the two days after he leaves, just because we do things differently. You know, I parent a little differently. I keep the house a little differently. I put him to bed differently, those kind of things. And then Papa shows up. What's up? You know, he's it's in the house. He's going to have some yeah. fun and game. You know, I'm just going to read you a book and I'll get some Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so that that's challenging. And I realized today that he had no idea that that was a thing. Because, yeah, you said that to me earlier that, really, there's a problem there? And I was like, oh, yeah, do you guys see that? Oh, it's totally. Hard. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah you get your routines and your, like, yeah. patterns with the kids, and then all of a sudden it just gets – it's not a bad thing. It's just a different way of – It's different, yeah. Doing yeah. things, and but it's, it's frustrating sometimes, for yeah. sure. I feel like the kids definitely act up. Yeah. On the front end. And then, you know, Giannis will show up and he'd be like, what is going on with the kids? Why are they acting <laughs> like this? And I'm like, I, it's because I'm a – bad parent that's, that's why <laughs> that is the reason so yeah that's that's one of our challenges i think that oh yeah so what, didn't know what about was the advice that i mean that just, just be, be aware prepared. of it yeah that it's a, it's a thing um and you know it's not un- insurmountable you know you can you can get get by it but just know that it's tough on the kids yep for routines, sure for but sure. i mean you know like he was saying today there's there are plenty of fields it's not hunting necessarily you know I'm an ecologist, and when I leave for, you know, a training for a week, it's it's tough the day before. And they're like, Mommy is leaving, you know. And, you know, it's it's a little different mm-hmm. kind Do of thing. Do you think that's harder on them or harder on you guys? Like, oh, I think it's end. harder on me, I would say, than the kids. I think they're pretty adjusted to it. Like coming, After the first day, maybe they're sad, then they're out doing their thing. Yeah. But you're, like, still doing your routine yeah. alone. And now they're at an age where they value it. Like, they know, like, dad's out doing cool things, and, yeah. like, they want to be there, too. So mm-hmm. there's a—as they get older, it's easier, to mm-hmm. me, anyway. It's good for to know. sure. Steve's about to go on a trip tomorrow, and I am really looking forward to the lack of kitchen grease all over <laughs> the kitchen. Yes. Like, literally, like, he was like, oh, I know you're sick of me and my kitchen creases. <laughs> he was walking around the kitchen yesterday, but there really is something 
nice about when you go and you're doing something you love and the house (laughs) is in order in the way that I want it to be. But I think, Jennifer, your point about being aware of that and being aware about the return mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. Like we made a we made a um, sort of a policy a long time ago that there wasn't going to be we're not going to make a huge deal. It's not going to be a big traumatic event every time Steve leaves. But then there can't be this big whoop de doo party every time he comes home. It's mm-hmm. like it has to be normalized in some kind of way. When we first had kids, I would if I was going out of town. Um, I would sit in the bathtub with him and cry. And she's like, yeah, pull it together. <laughs> like, you're going to, you know, That's you so can't cute. be doing this kind of stuff. And yeah. she said, you got to be like out kind of like smooth and come back in smooth. It's not bur- like cakes and signs that say welcome <laughs> home and shit. You, know? it's like, you got to figure out how to get in and get out. Oh, yeah. No one noticing. I get yeah. a little jealous when I walk out those security doors, you know, and there's a couple other kids standing around with a little poster board. I'm like, yeah. one Sorry, of these times. Babe. Sorry. But no, but now they get up in the morning and they'll come down you know, or come upstairs for breakfast and they'll go, well, Where's Papa? I'm like, yeah, he's on a 10 day trip. Oh, okay. You know? <laughs> so they're 8 and 11 now, so it's much oh, easier. Wow. But yeah. yeah, you still see, you know, That's some funny. subtle changes. But when they were younger, it was, it was much more difficult. But. <laughs> Sorry, babe. So, like, less drama My, is better? I'm just going to slip it in, but just some general <laughs> marriage, parenting, all-around advice would be to, and it's hard to see into the future, but there just are topics that you that everyone knows, if you're thinking at all about, that you're going to have to discuss. And very early on, like, when you're just at the wedding, everybody's just all in love, and it's gravitas and it's going to last forever but you just haven't even thought to discuss like what are we going to say to them when religion comes up or is it going to be public or private schools or there's just things that you could like very easily discuss ahead of time and don't have to come to a conclusion but just start the conversation so that later you're like already kind of like you've been formulating a plan and maybe you've been coming together or you've decided that not we're just going to you know parent differently on this one thing or whatever but just like it's so much easier to think about it ahead of time than to like when all of a sudden it's like the heat of the moment mm-hmm. and you're like how and on you're earth like, mm-hmm. did we not think that um trying to come up with a good example of uh something uh, in the oh moment. yeah like being shot we haven't i haven't had that problem like but i see it with people like they're shocked at something they find out yeah well we actually about a, by, like a like, pretty predictable thing that would come up do you know what i mean like like you're saying like like private school or something, you know, so how how did like sort of like the rough outline of that not come up yeah, but, mm-hmm. in all the years prior? Yeah. And we, that was so important to you, you know, <laughs> we actually did marriage counseling before our wedding, which mm-hmm. I was like, yeah. well, because it was required to like it because we, we got married <laughs> through the church. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, it was required, but I was actually really excited about it. It was during COVID. So like we had to do it in our house and like we had to sit in the house all day for two days, like together and like talk through hard things that you would never want to talk about in general like you when you go to a date night you don't want to bring up the hard stuff and when you because you don't see each other all the time you want to have a good conversation but um it kind of like taught us how to have these discussions and it did flat out ask about kids religion um parenting and like i feel like there's definitely going to be things that we disagree on which is that's obviously normal and it's going to be challenging but hearing each other out on like how you're going to move forward and how you both can like you know um compromise and like okay i can do this if we can you know 
I don't know. I think that I'm glad that we we did do that because we've talked about a lot of hard stuff. There's still stuff I'm like, I don't know what to do. Like, I, I'm already nervous to, like, breastfeed and do all this stuff. <laughs> but, like, schooling, I'm like, oh, my God, what about school? Like, obviously, you take it day at a, day at a time. And But I'm glad. I do suggest anyone out listening, do marriage counseling before you get married. <laughs> Steve and I did that. We did the we got the pre Canaan questions from a Catholic friend and we went through those. Do you remember that? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> obviously very impactful experience for you. Yeah. But no, I, I honestly don't was like a questionnaire? Yeah. It had like yeah. tw- I can't even it was like thirty six yeah, questions. It's a lot of questions. I think it was a lot of questions. And a lot of deep questions, not just like how do you like your meal cooked? It's be like, would you pull wet pine squirrel legs that your kids shot <laughs> and throw them in hot oil and That's splatter that That's shit from one end of the... No, I would only eat a rotisserie chicken. Here's a good example. It's like how stern your parenting style might be. Are, are you going to spank or take your belt off and whoop your kid you know, if, he, if he does X thing or not? You know, that's a one that no, it is. So and a lot we of went into don't it, we went into it spankers, about, and then all of a sudden there's a spanking. Someone We're gonna do like, the belt system, shit. but we went into it spankers, and then agreed at around at about the same time that we were out of same here. We're out of the spanking. We age. got out, and of that so it's like we would have never predicted, right? That's why there's a little bit of sort of like finding a reasonable person. Like earlier, I was just saying, like, how could you not talk about the main stuff? But isn't it weird that we would have both thought in principle? That like spanking was the way to go, and then around when they're two, being like the the return on yep. investment in spanking, it's like diminishing returns. Like, are you really going to keep? Like, are you really willing to to get in an arms race with how hard you're going to smack your kid's butt once they start to like you spank them? They kind of look at you like, the hell was that? <laughs> <laughs> the last well, time I spanked, no. the last time I spanked one of our kids is when they turned around and laughed at me. And I was like, okay, well, clearly that's not hard enough. <laughs> I'm not, yeah. I don't want to figure out what the right heart is. Like that. Yeah. Just, that is, I just picture line. you spanking your kids right now. It does make me want to laugh. <laughs> I don't so know what sweet. you mean by that, Because you're so sweet. I couldn't imagine it. They're, they're way too, they, they wouldn't even know what to make of that shit anymore. But yeah. All right. You've, you've now made our listeners perfect parents, but let's go back to like when there's traveling happening around haunting. What are the specific anxieties you have when your spouse is gone? Like, is there a certain hunt or a certain situation that stresses you out more than others? I, I know what Shelby's answer is going to be to this. Yeah, as you might have predicted, it being very on brand for Spencer to be incredibly cautious. He is so risk averse. He'll like pull me away from edges on hikes and he's ridiculously careful. Yet he still managed to fall out of a tree stand and uh, cut open his side. And then when he calls me about it, he's like, oh, I'm going to drive to a hospital in our insurance network. Like, are you, are are you stupid? (laughs) Yeah, no way. You are driving to the small town ER that's 10 miles away and I won't hear anything about it. And then he agrees a little too quickly and I'm like, oh, it's bad. So, you know, even with Spencer being safe, it's dangerous. Like you guys are in a very compromised situation. Yeah, I've I've recognized that um, when I'm now going on a hunt where it's like, involves getting up in a tree, I get more be carefuls and are you okay uh, than, than any other time that I'm out. So what about for the rest of you? What are 
like the most anxious trips. I mean, that I the think other we had a taken. conversation a long time ago about like being in the back country and it's dangerous. And then we came to the conclusion that it's more dangerous to get in your car in your driveway. Yeah. Like, this is not something, I mean, I, I'm not like, I don't know what you think about that anymore, but. Yeah, I think it evolves over time. I mean, we've been together a while now. Um, <laughs> so how long, Carrie? I think twenty years, probably. Oh my gosh. Yeah, twenty-one. But who's counting? <laughs> Together, we've been married. We lived in sin for a while. Oh, how long? Yeah, about six years, Whoa. I think. Five, I actually think that's years. the best relationship advice: is to live in sin for a while. <laughs> yeah, before yeah. you live in sin, evolve, make it legal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think anytime you're out alone, you're always like, and now that we can communicate via. In reach, or even if you're out of service, that changes that a little bit. But um, Brody's also very safety conscious, so that gives me a lot of. I don't. I don't get as anxious as I probably once did. But I'll say for me, like thinking about it on my own end is single engine aircraft still mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like it's still in the back of my head. Looking the other way. I don't want to get into too much details here because I don't want to like pick a fresh scab. <laughs> One time I'm out of town. Pick for who? It. No, you're gonna, th- you're gonna think huh. you're gonna take this the wrong way. You're gonna take this the wrong way. One time I'm out of town recently, <laughs> and I get back, and Katie's telling me about meeting some guy in a restaurant. Oh and I'm like, how in the world? How in the world did you meet a guy in a restaurant? She's like, he just came up and started talking to me, and she's like telling me about some other unrelated thing. But I'm like focused on. What do you mean he came up and talked to you? <laughs> do you know what I mean? And not that I'm like worried about what I'm just like, what is in his mind? That shit bugs me. That stuff bugs me. Okay, that is really <laughs> off topic. <laughs> and ridiculous, and we'll definitely pick that up later. But um that, that scab's gonna be yeah, scabbed. Right. But the I honestly don't like to know where Steve is or what he's doing. Like, most of the time, people say, like, what's he doing? I'm like, I don't know. The calendar says, like, moose, you know, or whatever. <laughs> and, but but I don't like to know because for, for long enough, I worried a lot, and especially without hearing from him on any kind of regular basis, I just didn't, like, I, I don't want to live like that. And so... Knowing now there is a newfound passion or relatively newfound passion for spearfishing, which is um, he's learning and is dangerous. Free diving. Free diving. Fine. I don't want to know. Like, I would rather just be like, you go, you have fun, you make your best um, decisions. I've told him that if he, that I want him to think about, like, I want in his mind, if he has a moment like underwater or whatever, like I can do this thing and that seems risky, but I think I can do it or, oh, I should probably take the safe path, that I want him to know that if he dies, I am going to take his life insurance money and all of his hard-earned savings and I am going to marry a guy that he would despise. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm going to spend that money doing things that he would hate with this man and our children. So, <laughs> I told her, when she was laying beside me the other day, I told her, oh, I just figured you'd marry my buddy Pooter. <laughs> Paint a picture for us, Katie, on who this uh, new husband would be. Like, what, what would be his hobbies? Fan, big okay. sports fan. We'd go to lots of sports games. We would ski, probably, on weekends. Um, golf? We would definitely golf. <laughs> Live on a golf course, maybe. Uh, 
we would probably move to a golf course. We would go and stay at resorts. Would you start decorating your home with those signs that say like uh, like home is where the heart is? Yeah, cook people good food, make people laugh. You know what? I respect people's design choices. If that's what they want to do, that is fine. But I would take all of Steve's skulls and we would get rid of all of them. (laughs) All of the hides would be gone. And the kids wouldn't hunt and fish. Is this anymore. sinking in, Steve? Oh yeah, then, uh, <laughs> there'll be some fish seventy feet down, and I'm like, hey, yeah, that, fish, that fish can. I'm just gonna let him be. Oh my gosh! I don't need to go down there looking for that fish. It sounds like we would get along well with this uh, Steve 2.0 that you you've curated. I might have met him at a, a restaurant the other day. <laughs> Jennifer, is there an outing for you that bothers you more than others when when Yanni is gone? You know, I have to be honest, we lived in Colorado for years and years, and uh, I did a bunch of field work in the Sierra, and uh, the Grizz thing definitely gives me pause, because we never lived in grizzly country until moving up here to Montana. And um, it seems that even though Montana is a very large state, when Giannis likes to go archery hunting, he picks the most grizzly-infested watershed in the entire state, and it's like, that's where I'm going to go. Like, really? That one? Right beside the Okay. That's fine. Great. Really spot um, burning there. We might have to bleep some of that out, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, th- those are the ones that give me a little pause. And he's had a couple of interactions with yeah. Chris. So. That one makes me really nervous, too. Yeah. Kelsey, for you, is it like, is it boats? Is it planes? Is it the backcountry? What, what does Seth do that makes you nervous? Um, I, I don't know if it's a bad thing that I'm pretty calm about all that. I really, it doesn't bother me. I trust him. And I also understand that it's a high risk lifestyle and it's, you know, accidents are prone to happen, but, um, you know, I trust his capabilities and I don't worry about it too much. The only thing that does freak me out and this has nothing to do with him and I don't even really know like how safe this is or not. It's just me projecting. I ice freaks me out. Ice fishing. I, I don't totally reasonable. Yeah. <laughs> now it's it's obvious how like a family is impacted when a significant other has gone haunting. But what about the reentry into the home? Uh, we we heard Katie. You talk about how like. Steve is not getting the welcome home that a, a soldier would after being in Iraq for a year. It's funny you mentioned that because one dad said, you're lucky I'm not in the army. She's like, what, is, what are you even talking about? <laughs> what is the thing that you think your spouse does well when it comes to these trips happening? Like, where is an area that you think they are excelling uh, that you, like, feel very good about what they're doing before a trip happens, after a trip happens, during a trip Danielle, you have anything that Chester's, like, really nailed? Yeah, honestly, I feel like when he first started working from Eater, I think he was ex- didn't know what like, what to expect. And so he was really nervous, obviously. And from what I've seen him, like, where he's at now, after working here for, I think, two years now, um, he, I feel like, has become way more organized in a way. I think he's nailed that because... For his job particular, you have to be organized. You have to man- you have to be able to manage a lot of different things going on. And that was not his – when I first met him, oh, I was like, wow, this is going to be good for you. You're going to learn so much. And I will say, honestly, I'm very proud of, like, how he manages what he manages. And, like, when he gets stressed, how he manages his stress. And um, obviously, I'm just, like, super rooting for him just to keep, keep going and working hard and um, just learning different techniques to even perfect even more. Like – and uh, one thing – thing about him is like you know sometimes he um 
if he doesn't know how to do something or he feels stuck, he wants to figure out himself versus just asking for help, which I'm opposite. I'm like, okay, I need some help, you know. So I love that he's, like, learning to um, just, you know, keep getting better and, like, learning different skills. Kelsey, what is Seth doing well when it comes to leaving for trips like this? Um, well, one thing that I, as I'm sitting here thinking about this episode, I think is important to note is we are talking about this from a work perspective. Most people listening to this are thinking about hunting as like the extracurricular. It's not like they're nine to five. Um, but with that being said, what Seth does well, um, and this has been key for us in this, is he like systems are very important to us in our relationship and that's something that he fostered in the beginning so like we have very clear expectations very clear systems we know what we're getting into as far as communications like we are very good with the front end stuff like yanni you were talking about um talking about all that stuff ahead of time that's something that is very important to him um that he's brought into our relationship carrie what does brody get right when it comes to leaving for haunting yeah I mean, a lot of the same stuff, leaving a hunt plan. I know exactly where he is. I get the onyx point. Um, really? Yeah. Is that commonplace for, for everyone here? No. No. Like, yeah. That's a good market for onyx, man. Market that to spouses. To the what? Yeah, they, they, got onyx yeah. Hunt. they should have onyx marriage. Yeah. Onyx off-road, onyx yeah. marriage. Well, you can track them. There's a tracker on your phone. That, that's just not something. Yeah, that's not. She goes to a restaurant. I want to know about what's going on. <laughs> I want to know about yeah, guys. Onyx, that, I, I'll, I'll drop some waypoints for Jennifer. Trailhead. For me, it's more so that if if Shelby um, didn't know where I was hunting, she would know who to ask who would know where I was hunting. So she would like contact my buddy Dylan who would know like the exact tree I'm in or the exact drainage I'm in or, or where I'm camping. Uh, but usually... You just know that I'm in, like, a state somewhere. Yeah, you sh- we should probably let Dylan in on that part of <laughs> – he's, like, part of our system here, and he should probably know that. But, yeah, uh, I-, I like to know general, but I would also be a nervous wreck if I knew specifics. Jennifer had to leave, but she would wanted to chime in that uh... – She'd like it if, like, all the dinners were pre-cooked before I left. But what would she compliment you on? What What do you think from her perspective? You skipped ahead. She wasn't interested in that question. <laughs> oh, boy. I don't know if I'm going to be able to answer that for you, Spencer. What would she what compliment What do you think you me? do well? Too modest. What do you think you do well? In, in getting ready for leaving on a trip? Or when you come back. Like, what are you, what do you do well And uh, you know, I think you feel as though, like Brody said, it's not like you've been on vacation for a week. You come back, you're tired, but yeah, you, there's no like going and being like, I'm going to sleep in tomorrow morning. You got to just get up at six and start making breakfast and get the kids up and just, you know, roll, roll right back into the zone, which I think, I feel like I do that. You know, I don't, I'm not going to be like lazy around the house for a day. Katie, do you have any compliments for Steve on, on what he gets right? He gets the first, like, five hours home really well. Like, you nail it. It's like, you're so excited to see everybody, and you missed everybody, and hugs for everybody, and then you start, you know, as in your words earlier, pissing on the posts all over. (laughs) Takes about, usually you get home at night, so it's like, 
you go to bed and then you wake up and then you start tinkering around. But those fir- when you first get home, <laughs> you are delightful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then I get up and go out in the garden. I'm like, sons of bitches. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's done any weeding. What about where where could your spouse improve on like making these trips easier? And I, I don't get s- I don't get to say well, I don't get to say oh, what sure go ahead what you do well. <laughs> <laughs> Please no I want to say I want to say what what my wife oh, does. Well. Okay yeah 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 so you know like we're always mad at each other about something. <laughs> What's but, it right now? I just just like stupid shit. Okay. Guy at the restaurant. But no, I was mad about that a long time ago. <laughs> But here's the thing that, that I think is important, the main thing, is like there's no one in the world that I trust more than my wife. Like if something really bad happened, that's absolutely who I'd call. There's no one I'd rather have like my kids or like an eye toward what they needed or like she would take a bullet for them. If I had an enemy, she'd want to cut their fucking hands off. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's like yeah. that's... <laughs> Right? Yeah. Like, that's the main thing. And all the stupid fights and shit, I mean, they just come and go. But, like, the main thing is, like, do you, like, who's the main person you would trust to, like, have your family, you, you know what I mean? Like, who's at the wheel? Yeah. I've heard Steve and talk if I about ever this. Thought, and if I ever felt like that, like, if I ever felt, if I ever doubted that aspect of, like, do I trust the driver? Right, it would make all that other stuff very different. Yeah, I've but heard, it, Steve, but it's always there, right? I've heard him talk about this before. There was one time we were out having a nice dinner, and um, everyone was having a nice evening until Steve started asking people what the best part of their marriage was. And then someone asked Steve, "Do you remember what your answer was?" No, I don't remember this. <laughs> was this was, the night I got in a fight with Cal? Yes, and it was the yeah. night that Cal got in a fight with Brody. <laughs> There's many uncomfortable people there. The wow. drama. Jeez, where was I? <laughs> anyway. Steve, it was when, 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 when Camp the Past. <laughs> it was when, I think it was when Campfire Stories. It was the celebration dinner for Campfire Stories. And you, you, oh, yeah. there was like a couple fights. Oh, One yeah. of the main fights <laughs> that Brody and Cal got in over was the elk management plan. <laughs> but it got, like, it got like really heated and personal. And people started kind of looking around like, Jesus, really? <laughs> Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Steve was asking everyone passion what like the best part of their marriage was, and Steve's answer was that not only are Katie and Steve on the same page, but they're on like the same word on the same page when it comes to parenting um, and and just all the things around that. And so that was exactly what you just explained again. Mm. You, you feel the same way about that, Katie? I do. Yeah, I think. I mean, not to just, um, we are getting very personal, but not to get super personal about our relationship, but the, I think we, our fights stem from where we perceive weakness in one another, which is, you know. Oh, everybody. Not, yeah. not yeah. for sure. Don't get married to her ass and then get a little sick. <laughs> <laughs> like, get married to her and then catch COVID? Holy shit, dude. It's like you had an affair. <laughs> But but the flip side of that is that, like, I trust him. He's strong. He's capable. He's loyal. Like, things that I know he feels about me. Um, and we expect – we have very high expectations of each other, sometimes punishing, punishingly high expectations of each other. And most of the time that is to a good end. Uh, sometimes it's punishing. 
Now I want to hear about where we can improve as the person leaving home to go hunting. Uh, and I want us to predict first, like what our spouse is going to say that we could be better about. I think that Shelby would say I could improve on getting her a more firm schedule. Oftentimes it'll be like, I'm going in mid-October to Wyoming to antelope hunt. Uh, and I'll be like, I will be gone sometime between the 10th and the 15th and get home sometime between the 20th and the 25th. I recognize that's a very hard thing to plan for when you're the other person in the equation, not knowing like what this five day window is in a 15 day stretch. So I think that's something that if you could make a request would be that I get better about my scheduling and giving you more firm dates. Yes. <laughs> I don't think that's realistic, like, at all. I, so many of your hunts depend on the hunt prior, right? Like, whether or not you're even going to go to Wyoming depends on if you get your archery buck in South Dakota or whatever. I um, I guess if I had to pick one thing I wish you were better at, I, I wish I just got to do more fun things with you in the fall, right? Like, we do fun things all the time we'll go camping whenever we want we're very not tied down to anything so we get to be a little spontaneous and i don't get to do the cutesy like fall things right i don't get to go apple picking right (laughs) we've never carved a jack-o-lantern i want to do that stuff (laughs) i'm not happy about it either i know i would love a halloween costume contest you do strike me as like a pumpkin spice latte yes i i would i would hardcore be into it if it wasn't in november so that's just the reality of it. Though. Danielle, what could Chester do better when he listens to this episode? What's he going to learn that he could improve on? Mm, this is a tough one. He's that good? His sister, well, or there's a lot of things <laughs> that he could improve on. No, I mean, like, I think, well, he doesn't hunt as much as he'd like to. It's mainly everything I've talked about is work because that is like it's on a hunt. A lot of you guys, a lot of your trips are hunts. So that is what I consider his his hunt schedule. When he's home, he doesn't really hunt. He at least he hasn't in a while. Like he just he, fishes all the damn time. Okay. Yeah. Yes, I like to. Refer, he fishes <laughs> all the time. It's fish for all you guys. You're hunting. It's fishing for Chester. So he fishes all the time. So I guess to be honest, to, now that just all like clicked. Um, I would say a schedule is great because he's always like. He he always comes up to me and he's like real nice. He's like, "Do we have any plans this weekend?" I don't think we did because I was gonna go fishing. But if you don't want me to go, I'll stay. Home. Like I wish I just knew more of like I know there's spontaneous trips and you can't control it, but it is nice when like especially for my schedule because I'm so busy as well. It just be nice to know like, hey, I'm gonna be gone for five days this day fishing at somewhere. At least I knew like, okay, sweet, you'll be gone. Let's try to get let's try to do something before you leave. You, know? you and Kelsey should share a we, calendar. Yeah. So then yeah. instead of like getting 80% of the picture from your husband's, you'd get 100% of the picture. Uh, no, we do we do that. You, you do? do? That. Yeah. Yeah. Because they always fish together. Half the time they're fishing together anyway, so yeah. you'd have always. a lot more visibility. Always. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Now we do that. Kelsey, what could Seth do better? Um. Well, I've been talking about like our systems and our plans and everything. That actually has worked out to the point where I don't have a lot of gripes. Um, the only thing that's been like problem and this only applies to meat eater work trips honestly like i i love to hunt too so when seth is hunting personally i'm there so this is like not a personal hunt problem but when he's going on a work trip it's very a lot of times the turnaround between these things is like one day 
So it just naturally happens. And it's a lot of times not, this is out of his control that there's like a tornado of shit left around the house just because he's like in and out uh, that only one person is left to like handle. So that's the only thing that gets to me sometimes, but we talk about it and it's gotten a lot better. Carrie, tell Brody how he could improve. Well, the the stuff lying around the house when they get home, where, like the dump, that's, yeah, that's the dump. a big one. But he knows that. <laughs> but, you know, I thought of one other thing that Brody does Brody really well. Brody just dump it out in the yard. <laughs> I do Sometimes when it's nice. <laughs> but then that's, that's still got to be cleaned like up under the someone. awning or something. I don't know. Yep. Why you got to dump it in the house? <laughs> but uh, you know what Brody I'll does? Next time. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the We're all learning together. <laughs> One thing he does do well is he puts equal energy into planning outings and doing things for our family and getting those trips together. And that means everything. You're supposed to be like, talking about something bad. I know, but I, I missed <laughs> okay. that part earlier. But it is. And it's really like when we're doing trips, which we do all summer long, we do all fall. He really puts like he puts the whole thing together. He gets the food together. He does a lot of that. That's nice. that work. And that's a, a important to our whole family. It really is. We base our, a lot of our fun and good times and memories around that. Yanni, we're going to need you to role play here. What would your wife say that you could improve on when you're going on a hunting trip? Just have the whole house spick and span and have <laughs> seven meals pre-prepared with little instructions. You that know? would be so, so nice. Is that a that real request? Amazing. Like, is that something that you could yeah. pull off and that she would use? Dude, imagine how yeah. that changed the whole dynamic, man. I, I know, but it might be like Yanni needs a whole extra day before a trip to to do oh, it. Oh, multiple. Yeah. yeah. That takes a long time. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's, it's, that's a lot of work to make meals, you know? What if you just make a double batch of things when you're... We do that. Triple, and then just <laughs> save one for the trip. Mm-hmm. We do that. Just... I, this is from someone who doesn't cook, so I don't know. Just, <laughs> just suggest. You know, like when someone dies and, and your neighbors bring over like a thing, it's got, it's, it says like 300 degrees, you know, at 20, what, 20 minutes, 300 degrees and shit. Just do all that, Yanni. A meal train. That's yeah. what they call it. Yeah, you just have a special Easy. drawer to put them in in the freezer and yeah. Monday drawer, Tuesday drawer. That's right. I always said Different that colors. we should start. A little meat eater spinoff reality show called Wives of Meat Eater. Yeah. (laughs) What would people witness? What What would be like the entertainment there? Oh man, I don't know. It actually would probably be very boring, (laughs) in you know, in reality. But I like it, Katie. What What can Steve improve on for these trips? I think the um, extending that wonderful five hour uh, appreciation period to just when he's home. Could be nice, and instead of, but I do think I think the thing that he does well, which is also a tip that I think has changed our at least in the planning, which has been so hard to know. Like, okay, he always puts things on the calendar at the he like over promises. What is the what am I trying to say? He over under promises, over delivers. Um, he will say, "I'm going to be gone for ten days." And then sometimes he'll come back in eight. And then it's always like, oh, that's great and unexpected. Not when you have a nest. You need time to clean it, Katie. That's true. (laughs) Well, that's true. Yeah. No surprises. I love that you guys are opposite. But that has been, that's actually been a big game changer for us. Because when it was eight days and he didn't get it done and needed to stay two extra, those two extra were like the straw that broke the camel's back. So always, you know, fudge it a little and then come back early. 
even if it was never planned. You do that a lot. What? You come home early, usually. You'll you'll promise more. You'll say you're going to be gone longer than, than you are. Yeah, that's just being smart, though. Like, find <laughs> that's a nice little time. hot tip. It, took, often, it took 10 years, 15. So. And I blame Shelby for when I do that. If I come home uh, after three days and I'm supposed to be gone five, I, I tell her she made the home too comfortable. That makes me not want to leave it. Oh, so it's cute. your fault. It's, it's her fault. That's cute. <laughs> do the rest of you uh, spouses get to participate in, like, Halloween costume parties and carving pumpkins and, and Christmas shopping during the fall? Or is that also just like Dude, this day? year I grew the damn pumpkins. Are they coming along? Oh, yeah. yeah. They're not like state fair winners, but. But you did it so you didn't have to go <laughs> to the <laughs> pumpkin patch with me. That's a hot tip. Nah, because she likes to go to those, those places where you go like, you know, get your, like, whatever. Pumpkin the corn maze. Yeah, I'm going to make those her are, a little. Those are I'm going to make this. I'm growing her pumpkins. I'm going to make a little scavenger's <laughs> hunt for her in the yard. Her friend was saying I should do like a little face painting booth. <laughs> And face painter and have like my own little Halloween thing. And then I don't need to go. I'm going to have like cider and shit. (laughs) And then I can just get all that taken care of at my house. And I don't need to go to some fake pumpkin patch. You are all invited. And we can do it when Spencer is around. Yes. (laughs) Can we have that schedule? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't don't even. I don't need. I don't have any. I I can't. I don't really honestly see any real areas for improvement. No, I mean no, no, no. I have massive. No, 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 no. no. I have massive areas for improvement. Mm -hmm. I don't like. I don't really like. I mean, I have like little gripes and stuff, but there's no like sort of fundamental thing that I that that ought to be different. You know. Um, I would disagree. Our our most recent argument, where you just were like, "You're being a bitch. Like, stop being a bitch." And I was like, "You're right. I am being a bitch." So just in the general sense of, yeah, no, that would not. You, you appreciate being called out sometimes. <laughs> no, it was about like Jennifer figuring out like our, our our fish shack. It's just like, a lot of complicated accounting at the end of the summer because we have. But it takes owners. a lot of balls though. I've never actually. Used yeah, the you got to pick your moment for that. Well, no, because here's the. I want to wrap it up. It was only <laughs> after I called him. A People word. are going to be trying. <laughs> she called me every name in the book and was like insulting i'm like like the dumbest guy on the planet because i can't figure out certain math things right and and i like gave her a little taste of her own medicine to which she said you're right (laughs) eventually (laughs) took some convincing that's kind of an awkward way to end it spencer sorry about that it's it's good. Uh, just uh, choose your moment to call your spouse a bitch. And yeah. it, maybe it'll work. Don't do that. Carrie, if you he, miss this an is why the word she called me, I was like, later, she's like, I said, you're being a. And I said, that, you know, you left off. You yeah. left off the being a. You the said temporary you nature. Are, she, yeah. She said, you are a. And I was like, but I was saying, like, I, if you said you're being a, that's totally fine. But don't say I am A, because that feels like really, like, oh, uh, that cuts. We all have areas for improvement, <laughs> obviously, <laughs> Steve and I in particular. Oh, I love that. Uh, there you have it. 40% of all at marriages. <laughs> <laughs> but not yours. Not mine, man. I'm in it too deep now. Um, Yeah. I, I, th- I honestly think that there's a lot of things that come out of... Uh, I think if you travel a lot and do and, and do stuff, I, I feel like there's probably plenty of people who can't manage their marriage and they never go anywhere. Yeah. 
Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just think it's like it's like trouble's gonna trouble's gonna find you, and it, and it's gonna find whatever thing you have going on. Yeah, if you allow hunting to cause a bunch of big problems, <laughs> you're probably in trouble already. Yeah. You you're know? probably in trouble already. But it, it but it like uh, I think I've shared this perspective from, and, and Katie totally disagrees. Me and my friend Tony one time were uh, um had taken all of our kids clam digging. We each, how many how many kids do they have? Four or three? He's got a bunch of them. We took clam digging. This is the funniest thing. On the same trip, he he had his kids in one of those uh, backpack deals, but forgot to buckle it in. So a little kid, and he bent over to dig a clam. That kid's right out of better that right way than right you know. into the water. <laughs> but anyways, you're like you got saying earlier. I always feel good if I'm out with all my kids because I feel like I'm not doing anything bad. Right? It's like I'm being a good dad. We're outside, like it's just, you feel great. Um, and then we, we were gone super late, and I remember we got pulled over by a policeman, and we both got in a little bit. We both got kind of yelled at over the phone. Like his wife called and kind of yelled at him. My wife called, kind of yelled at your me. kids. Were were little, little back then too. Yep. Yeah. And um, Tony said to me, uh, "Katie hates this quote." Tony said to me, "Man, if we were the way they wanted us to be, they wouldn't like us." <laughs> <laughs> Which. I think we'd like them a lot more, <laughs> actually. But uh, yeah, it brings up, I don't know, I think it uh, it brings up interesting stuff. Marriage is fun, though, man. Um, I'd hate to, I wouldn't want to go through life not being married. Not to hack on people that aren't married. I mean, it's great. But I'm just saying for me personally, I think it'd be miserable. I would be miserable not being married. So have a good hunting season. Don't ask to try to stay married. <laughs> Use all these tips. Use Yanni's tip where you bake all these special dishes and leave instructions on them. Use Brody's trick where you come home and put everything neat and organized outside where no one has to deal with it. <laughs> yep. You know, Spencer's trick where he comes and just lays in the nest. <laughs> Talks about how great the nest is. I don't embrace it. <laughs> he despises the nests. And and everyone, everyone will be fine. All right, uh... Thanks for tuning in, as always. And, oh, you know what? I forgot to give the best marriage advice ever. Cormac McCarthy doesn't actually say this, but Phil's rolling his eyes. It, it, just, it, it wouldn't be an episode of the Meat Eater podcast without a Cormac McCarthy quote, even one brought not, to you by T-Mobile. It's not, it's not a Cormac McCarthy quote. It's a way that things work in Cormac McCarthy's books. The worst thing you can do if you're like the way to – the worst thing you can do as a character in a Cormac McCarthy novel is – Act as though you didn't make a decision that you made. Once you make a decision and go down a path, there is no room to later sort of act like you hadn't made that decision. Like you cannot live a false reality because you'll die violently in his books. (laughs) In real life, you'll suffer mightily. Yes. That's all. Wait, what's the advice in that? Own it. Own it. If you make a commitment, you made a commitment. A lot of good reasons for people to get divorced if they choose to do that. But yeah, own it if you can. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) We somehow made a more awkward ending (laughs) after talking about how you should just like call your spouse a bitch. (laughs) No, be enough. Be enough. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everybody. Thanks a lot.
You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without your essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. Man, I was just in Hawaii and I had my Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie with me. And here's the deal. We're in and out of the water all the time, getting into go spearfishing, getting out, taking the kids to the beach. I'm not going to mess around all day putting sunscreen on then having to get washed off. I just run a hoodie. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. 